and they will be looking to say, what can I do now to help my child be more successful in whichever setting they fall? Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, it's the spring, and... It is lovely, warm, (laughs) it's been sunny after that cold snap. Oh, my goodness, yes. And everyone's so grateful. It it must be hard for some families to keep their kids indoors. Right. (laughs) When it's 68 outside. Right, right. And sunny. Right, and, of course, spring in a typical school year, of which this is not one, parents are looking forward to... Most people are looking forward to the end of school. Right. And depending where you live, May or early June. Mm -hmm. But also we think of kids looking forward to summer vacation. Right. And a break from school. Which means they get to stay home, which they've been doing for a long time in many cases anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And this is kind of where I'm going. This is also where homeschooling families, homeschooling parents and I was one of them for many years. We did homeschool our boys. Uh, That would be after I taught school for a couple years, Mm -hmm. right out of college. I graduated college and taught a couple years at school. And every year about this time, we would ponder, we, me, my husband and me, would ponder whether or not this is the right time to put them in school. Mm. You know, do do we enroll them in school? A lot of their friends, you know, are considering school, what what should we do? Mm-hmm. So I think about this time of year, and I think about the many families today in 2021 who have had their kids home for perhaps over a year in light of the pandemic. Yeah, or many that have been on and off. Right. Because I know a lot of districts were one week on, one week off, mm-hmm. or certain grade levels on, certain grade levels off, and right. you're trying to reduce the impact of too many people in one place at one time. Right. But it was pretty chaotic for right. a lot of parents. Yes, yes, yeah. very much so. And what we experienced here at IEW, being a company that supports both, I shouldn't say both, I should say pretty much all paths of education, whether it be homeschool, private school, public school, hybrid schools, you know, we've got your language arts covered. Teacher, check. But the homeschooling area has been certainly the area that we've seen a growth in. And I think a lot of our friends, our publisher friends, have seen the same thing. We've talked before about, you know, a rising ocean floats all ships. And so if we have this rising number of homeschoolers, we have got a lot more opportunity or – Somehow a lot more to do to do. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what has happened with us. And then, okay, I could go off into, you know, shipping issues and the U.S. Postal Services, but we're not going to go into that. What we're basically. Someday we'll do a podcast. The inner workings 
of IEW? That would probably be interesting to some, but probably to some. To only. <laughs> to I, only I, I get your point. Not all, ideas, not all ideas are good. Yes. But it was actually you, Andrew, a few weeks ago who suggested we do a podcast specifically to those who are brand new to homeschooling, brand new to IEW, kind of like what are some tips that we can provide to these new fish in this growing ocean that can perhaps help them consider, hmm, maybe homeschooling is an option I can continue to do. I've been doing it for a year or so, like you said, many people off and on. Um, is Is this something I can continue with more intentionality? Mm-hmm. And if so, what are some things I should be aware of? Well, anyone who comes out of one kind of way of doing something mm-hmm. into another way of doing something, there's going to be adjustments. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference between going to school every day and not going to school every day for a family it's got to be one of the biggest adjustments. Sure, absolutely. That you'd have to, I mean, possibly even bigger than moving to New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> Reference to previous episodes. <laughs> uh, however, uh, what I have noticed is that, and I think this is true for any period of change, mm. but particularly with kids in this situation, is you need a buffer. It, it's sometimes hard to go from one system or way of doing things or even a set of routines and then do something very different, mm-hmm. you almost need a period of time to just let that go. So often, you know, I will meet new homeschoolers and what they feel they have to do is immediately recreate that in a different environment. They mm-hmm. have to recreate the school at home. Mm-hmm. And that can be overwhelming just from the curricular mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. let alone from all of the time constraints and scheduling. And then if you've got older kids, middle, certainly high school, you start worrying about things like credits and transcripts. And um, in some places, there's hoops you got to jump through to be legal, essentially, mm-hmm. in homeschooling. Uh, some states a little easier than others. There's just so much to think about. So often I just give the advice, just take a break. Take a little sabbatical, right? Take, you know, weeks or maybe a month or maybe more. And just don't do school in that sense of I've got these seven subjects that I have to get done, you know, every day or over the week. And there's these books I've got to get through by the end of the year. And just let that go and say, hey, let's just learn what it's like to not be doing that every day for a while. And and I'm not saying don't learn stuff. I'm saying take a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. I love that idea, mm-hmm. right? What was it used to be? The university professors every seven years or so would get a year and they'd get paid to just study and learn and research and write and they mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of other responsibilities. As if research and writing isn't a lot of responsibilities. Well, but... in the same way of you think of the mm-hmm. the daily or weekly kind of tightly scheduled teaching life. Right, true. Um, And I don't know how many people actually do that anymore. But I do think that, you know, we take weekends off to recoup and it's okay to take off a couple, you know, weeks or months depending Mm -hmm. 
and just kind of unschool a bit. Mm-hmm. And instead, what do you do? Well, what did you do? You're a recreation degree person. <laughs> and so if, if you are advising, you know, a mom says, I just want to do interesting things where we can learn together and rebuild some relationships and keep my kids from feeling isolated or, or overwhelmed. Yeah. So what's the short list of recreation uh, <laughs> expert approved things to do? Well, go outside. Absolutely. And here in Oklahoma, that's a little challenging at certain seasons. It's either too hot, too cold, or too windy. But we, you know, here in Oklahoma, we also have a lot of parks, both, you know, municipal parks and regional parks and just getting out and hiking. And yeah, I would say that would be the biggest thing. And don't think that that doesn't mean you can't do school. Mm-hmm. Do school at the park. Yeah. Bring, it, bring a book to read to the family. Bring a book to read. Have them pack up their math books. And that way, the lure of that jungle gym <laughs> entices them to finish their math so they can go play. Ah, you know all the tricks. I do. Have you seen the uh, YouTube ads for VRBO? It's basically... It's like the, a bed and breakfast network thing. Yeah. 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 It's basically this little short ad before the video that I really want to watch, some cooking show or something that says, it's possible for you to do school wherever you want to now because so much of school, you know, is online, Zoom-type yeah. classrooms. So as long as you have that, take advantage and do a VRBO rental, and they show kids playing in the pool with their dad oh. and their mom, and they're doing these little nature things, and they're showing a pine cone collection, and it's really cool. That's what I would do if I were. <laughs> so could we put a link to my talk, Nature Deficit Disorder? Yes. Which I stole. I totally stole the name of the talk from the book <laughs> mm-hmm. by Richard Louvre, but that's okay. I'm not the first person to have done this. Uh, but it's just – it's such a wonderful contemplation mm-hmm. of the incredible power of being outside. Right. But let's say it's uh, rainy and miserable or you can't get anywhere and you're stuck. Next next idea. Well, and of course this is all going to depend on how old your children are and how sure. much availability you have. But there – just the number of resources – completely free resources that are available now to just create games mm-hmm. and craft activities and have conversations with your kids. It just I, I love this idea of what you were saying, Andrew, just take a sabbatical and just take some time to really get to know your kids. And of course, here at IEW, big read aloud type culture is what we appreciate here and try and advocate for that. So having little plays and puppet shows and just an opportunity for kids to present. And and I think as much as possible, at least maybe during school hours, air quotes, school hours, just to stay away from screens, to not be trapped in, sucked into the trap of, oh, this is educational TV or this is, and and believe me, believe you me when I say <laughs> I'm all about learning and playing at the same time. I mean, my kids were homeschooled three miles from Disneyland. Don't think we didn't <laughs> go to Disneyland all the time to do school at Disneyland. So, and mixing work with, with but I think a screen in particular, there's the danger of your children and yourself as well getting sucked into that and the conversation stops. Mm, and so yeah. whenever you're, you know, my husband and I, we rarely, even when we could, we would rarely go to movies on dates because 
you, you can't talk during a movie, right. going out to dinner or going for a walk at a park. Just Well, and that you were making me, I was also thinking about screens and, you know, when children are very busy mm-hmm. with their school and their extracurricular and their schedule and their homework on top of that yeah. Yeah. and maybe chores. I mm-hmm. hope so. What What <laughs> they really need, like any of us do, is just downtime away from everything. Yeah, it's true. But when that type of rigor is removed, then there's it opens up space hmm. for the things that you would love to have happen at home, mm-hmm. but everybody's too tired most of the time. The first thing that comes to my mind is cooking with your chi- your children. Yes. I mean, you and I have talked about this and mm-hmm. what a blessing it is to mm-hmm. have raised children who mm-hmm. now as adults and parents are very competent. In, in that way, mm-hmm. but there's so many people who aren't because they didn't have the right. relaxed time at home. Right. So on a on a rainy day, plan an interesting menu and get get everyone involved in helping to prepare. That that's a big thing, I yep. think. Yeah. You know. In terms of curriculum, you know, because that's where people go once they get maybe a little bit of time outside. They play some games, they read a bunch of books, they cook some good food, kind of get the house organized and and just rest a mm-hmm. bit, rest. Then the next step is, okay, where do we go to be, I don't know, pick your adjective, productive, efficient, inspiring, meeting the requirements. You know, everybody's going to have a different criterion mm-hmm. or multiple mm-hmm. criteria for curriculum. Right. And and that, I think, is a, an, another danger point. I agree. Because you come in and you start to see all of the stuff that's available. It's really different than 30 years ago. Yes, it is. Even, even 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you'd go to a conference and there'd be, you know, a few dozen, maybe 100 booths and, mm-hmm. you know, there were core things. But now it can just be overwhelming. Well, and I think you, you mentioned conventions, going to a homeschool convention, which pretty much didn't happen in 2020. Right. They're starting to starting to happen yep. again in 2021. I've been to a few and I expect to go to a few more. Yes, and yes. Super that's encouraging. Be, I think exciting for a lot of new homeschoolers right. or people who are in your the spot you described thinking right now yep. about next year. Yep. Yep. And that's why it's a good thing there are conferences and conventions in the spring, right. March, April, mm-hmm. May. Because that can give people, you know, some tools and some vision. Right. And maybe just what they need is to go meet some friends, meet some new friends, meet some friends they haven't seen for a while. Right, exactly. And encourage each other. And But that exhibit hall, you know, where all the curriculum is. Yeah, that's there's, the there's, danger. <laughs> well, there's two problems with that today. And today, meaning 2021, is that over the years, the exhibit halls – in some ways have morphed into there's there's actually fewer curricular choices because so much of it is available online. Mm. And a lot of the vendors are just saying, hey, find me online. Right. But then you look at all – you Google homeschool curriculum and you're going to get hit with tens of thousands of options, which even the biggest homeschool convention in the biggest year – what didn't didn't have right. nearly that yeah. number. The, the difference is, you know, when you look at things online, they kind of come at 
to you one thing at a time. You walk into an exhibit hall and it's kind of all in your face. It's true. So it's true. But um, you know what suggestions can we give? Mm -hmm, Exactly. You know, I think again the tendency is to say, okay, if I'm homeschooling, I have to do everything, i.e., subjects, activity that Mm -hmm. happened in that school, and. I think the sooner you can get to the point of realizing that just isn't true, mm-hmm. the the easier and the better your homeschooling becomes. Right. Um, there are you know certain subjects that are simply required because some state passed a law that you have to have that in your curriculum. You may not even agree with that policy, mm-hmm. or maybe you say, "Yeah, I would teach that, but I would do it differently mm-hmm. than the schools." And you might say, you know, "There's some things I just don't think are important for this." for these kids right now. so Okay, what you're saying right now, now remember we're talking to potentially brand new homeschoolers. You're making it sound like the parent has the choice that they can make these decisions. Is that actually true? Well, I'm yes. saying that kind I of mean, tongue-in-cheek. Yes, it, it is. But, you know, I think it's a, a point of priority. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever we get into planning and management, it's all about setting priorities. Exactly. There yeah. are a thousand good things you could do, but you don't have time. And uh, one of the, the sayings I heard in a talk that I was listening to once, and it's always stuck with me, and I don't know if the person who I heard it from was the first person to ever say it, but I found it true. Good can be the enemy of best. Mm-hmm. You find something good, and you think, okay, that's good. It's good enough. Mm-hmm. And then you go, and you stop, okay, is that the best or most important thing. Right, right. But a lot of times, you know, we get this question. I do this panel mm-hmm. with uh, some of my friends mm-hmm. who have other curriculum companies, and mm-hmm. we we call ourselves, quote, the classical consortium. But mm-hmm. uh, we do a lot of Q&A, and very often, if not almost every hour that we do this, and mm-hmm. we've done it in umpteen cities and online and all over, is, you know, if your kids read a little bit, every day, and they do a little bit of math every day, and they do some writing stuff every day, you're in good, good shape. Mm-hmm. You're, you, in some ways, you may be doing more of those things than are happening in some schools. Mm-hmm. And, and just, just worry about that. Mm-hmm. Now, what if you say, well, I've got kids who can't read, can't do math, and can't write. Okay. There's your curriculum. <laughs> There's your curriculum. It's also a case where you read to your children. Exactly. You approach math at the point of need, mm-hmm. at the point of understanding, rather than picking a book with a number on the cover that corresponds with the grade they were in in school, which mm-hmm. is really just based on age. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge thing parents have the freedom to do is mm-hmm. say, okay, so my child is in fifth grade, but still, you know, is not doing well with just multiplication table. Well, if you're not, if you don't have those multiplication down, you know, fractions are going to be the worst thing that ever happened to you. Right. You know, you're going to hate math forever. Right. So you can say, okay, well, let's just suspend grade five curriculum and go to the point of need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or on the opposite, you can have a child who is bored Mm -hmm. and hates that part of school because it's boring Mm -hmm. because they can't work ahead in the Mm -hmm. book or whatever, you know, was the restriction. Well, in that case, you can say, let's go, you know, let's go at your pace and maybe that's going to be faster. Mm -hmm. So you just have uh, such a 
a greater freedom to do what Mrs. Ingham always was saying, which mm. is teach at the point of need. Exactly. Then there's relevancy and motivation and all the good things that mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. And for writing, I mean, that's our specialty. Yep. And we could talk you know, a lot about the difference between what we do and what other people have experienced. Mm-hmm. But are you doing a little bit of writing mm-hmm. every day? What, right. what that looks like or means, we, we can help people define it if mm-hmm. they want to. And right. that would include your things like, you know, your spelling and handwriting, probably some grammar stuff, mm-hmm. the composition, the creative side of playing with words. All of that's good. So, you know, I think as a homeschool dad, and, and I'm sure that your husband, David, had this same experience you sometimes come home after you've been working all day and you say, well, you know, how's it go? Mm-hmm. How's your day? And the poor mom is like, we didn't get anything done. Mm-hmm. We, there's so many things on the checklist and I had this problem and somebody complained and refused. Okay, the dad's job is to say, okay, just pull back. Did you read a little bit with the children today? Yeah. Did you do some math? A little bit. Did you do any writing? Um, yeah, kind of like together, then you're golden. You, right. You, that is a successful day. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is a successful day. And then, of course, we get into this world of subjects. Mm-hmm. And I got a couple friends who would claim that the introduction of subjects into curriculum was the beginning of the end of good education. In that, when you consider, okay, now we are going to specifically and only think about this narrow thing, whether it's social studies or science or literature or health or whatever name your thing, in isolation, that that was the beginning of the end of integrated Mm. learning. And I think everybody instinctively knows and would agree, well, if you can integrate your history and your science and literature and your reading and your writing, why make them all separate subjects? Why not read and write about your history mm-hmm. and read and write and do math more about your science mm-hmm. rather than having to have a reading book and a writing book and a math book and a everything different. I think you need a math book. I think you probably do. You know? But um, <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with these textbooks. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of great textbooks that mm-hmm. have been created, especially for the homeschool market by homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't have to do everything. Uh, one of the things I used to say to people at a convention, they come up and look at all the stuff we sell. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what do I need? Mm-hmm. You know, I used to use the analogy and say, well, our stuff is kind of like ice cream. You know, it's all good, but you don't have to have it all right. to have ice cream. Right. And I think curriculum overall, especially in the home, you don't have to do it all to have ice cream. It's all good. And I think we're also going to see, Julie, a new kind of hybrid parent, mm. hybrid family, mm-hmm. who their kids were home this year. They saw how that all worked with the distance learning and mm-hmm. the, the Zoom culture and, and some of those things. And they may or may not send their children back to the school they came from or mm-hmm. a different school. Right. And there could be a lot of reasons for a choice to do that. Mm-hmm. But the parent's life has been changed because of now this increased closeness with the student and the studies and Mm -hmm. the schooling. And I think there's going to be a lot of parents who basically are now saying, well, I need the school 
for various reasons, my child wants to be in school, but I realize the need to supplement mm -hmm. and do a little bit of after school right. homeschooling. Exactly. Yep. And and use the summertime mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. You know, kids are all excited about summer, the first week of summer vacation. Yep. And then after about two weeks, they're whining mm -hmm. about being bored and having nothing to do. Right. I know, you know, many homeschoolers who don't do, you know, a huge summer vacation. Mm. And instead, we'll say, well, okay, we need to kind of get about the same number of days or hours as the state says school should be. But we can we can define that however mm -hmm. we want mm -hmm. and take two weeks whenever we need to, you know, mini vacation, sabbatical, full-out, blown month, travel year, you know, anything. Yep. But it's all possible. And, and maybe what that means is you're still, you know, reading every day and doing math every day right. and writing something every day through the summer months. Right. I don't think summer was created to help students. I mean, well, God created summer along with <laughs> all the other seasons. Um, but what I mean is this institution of summer mm -hmm. vacation. I mean, mm -hmm. if you look at it historically, it was so that kids could go home and work. Oh, interesting. Right? Mm. When when they were most needed. Yeah. We need those hands on, on the farm. On the family farm, in the family business, whatever. Yeah. Yep. But because that isn't something that most people do anymore, mm -hmm. there's that big chunk of time mm -hmm. that allows the child to, you know, kind of shut down a little bit and forget stuff and mm -hmm. go on, you know, passive play mode and mm. lose some of the routines and discipline that actually was helping them yeah. emotionally, yeah. academically, intellectually. So, you know, I think many parents are going to think, you know, they're just going to think about school differently, hmm. mm -hmm. whether they stay in the homeschool world or they find themselves into a hybrid mm -hmm. situation mm -hmm. or they design kind of a hybrid situation where they've got, you know, a slate of online classes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's not all day, every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, well, what are our classes? Hour, hour, hour and a half, once a week? Yeah. Yes. One day a week for 15 week semesters. Mm -hmm. And they generally around an hour, we have a starting time. We don't say when they're going to end because sometimes things just go a little longer yeah. and we have that flexibility. Isn't uh -huh. that cool? I bet you wish you had that when you spoke. <laughs> but, but having that, you know, one hour yeah. plus a little bit uh, of screen mm -hmm. and online class and connection with a master teacher yes. and being able to chat and answer questions and communicate with other kids around the world, eh, you know, that's a fantastic opportunity. We specialize in teaching our writing, you know, our composition program right. with grammar and mm -hmm. uh, vocabulary and things. But, um, you know, there are people who do that for name your subject, whether it's you know, children's literature, mm -hmm. all the way up to physics and AP chemistry and ancient Greek. Yes. Right? <laughs> I mean, if you want an online class, you can find probably anything you yep. can think of. Yep. And uh, so parents have those tools. Right. And can structure almost kind of like a hybrid school environment yep. at home. Or, as I said, maybe they do need or want, for various reasons, a five-day-a-week traditional classroom environment but this year will have changed them as i said yep and they will be looking to say what can i do now to help my child 
be more successful in whichever setting they, they fall. And you don't have to commit to any one of these things for life. Right. right. I mean, how many parents have we heard, I agreed to try homeschooling for a year. Mm-hmm. That was my commitment. And then it wasn't so bad. And then the next year, I said, I'll do it another year. But surely when these kids go into middle school, you know, then I'm not good. Well, and then, well, mm-hmm. I just graduated my last kid from homeschool high school. Yeah. And, yep. you know, it, it was a long road, but it was so worth it. Yeah. So, so you don't have, or, and you also, you say, I got to put my kids back in school. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a single parent. I need to work. This has really been a hardship. Okay. Well, do that. But also understand that's not a, an absolute permanent commitment either. Right. I just, speaking from my own personal experience, because as you were talking, I'm thinking, what about the situation where both parents work? Yeah. How do we navigate that? And I will just say, my husband and I navigated it. I worked and he mm-hmm. worked, and sometimes it was because I was committed to working evenings and weekends. My job had that flexibility. Sure. Or I worked for organizations that allowed me to have that flexibility to either work from home and work for, with them on some things. Mm-hmm. Or I definitely got my parents involved mm-hmm. with their schooling. So it's not impossible if that's something that you really want to do to homeschool your kids or at least have them participate in a hybrid program, it is possible. And and I don't know any of them exactly by name, mm-hmm. but if you do a search for homeschooling both parents working or homeschooling single parent, there's blogs, mm-hmm. there are, you know, people who've actually, you know, written quite a bit about their experience right. doing that. And none of us has to redesign the whole thing. We right. can gain wisdom and I think with relative ease apply the lessons that other people have learned uh, to our benefit and to our kids. Well, and I would be remiss if I didn't end this podcast with just an invitation to look into our materials. We have our free lessons that we give away to anyone to just register with our website. What's the link? IEW.com slash free hyphen lessons. Okay. And there you'll be able to get your kids started on some of uh, Andrew Pudwa teaching a group of kids. And I think you'll find this to be helpful. You can kind of see how we teach writing. As Andrew mentioned, it's a little different than what everybody else is doing. And we think it's we think it's the best. But uh, we are here to help you on your educational journey, whether it be homeschool, private school, hybrid, or something completely different. We also have many other people who think it's the best, so that's even better that's than even what better. we think. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Pudua and the team at IEW, I thank you for allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.